Welcome to Election 2018, the podcast. Joining us on our podcast today is Jose Solario. He is a political consultant, board member of Latino Victory Fund, and Nevada State Democratic Party second vice chair. You might guess he is coming to us from the left. And switching over to the right is Republican strategist Rory McShane, founder and CEO of McShane LLC, a political consulting firm here in Las Vegas. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Nice to be here. All right, Thank so you. let's start things off. We're going to do the candidates, and then just a little bit later on, we're going to do the um, the ballot measures, which I think confuses a lot of people, especially the way they word them all the time. Yes means no, and no means yes. Uh, let's start off with our House races. We're going to start off with House District 1. Uh, we've got Dina Titus, uh, the Democratic incumbent, and Joyce Bentley, the Republican challenger. And since the incumbent is uh, Dem, uh, Jose, I'm going to start off with you. How's it looking for uh, for Dina Titus? Well, I believe uh, Dina is in a, in a tough fight. Um, I'm being a little sarcastic. Uh, it's a fairly safe Democratic seat. Uh, well, um, 538 data has a 99% chance of Dina being reelected. So you're not exactly, yeah, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit, yeah. Now, she, she's a longtime Nevadan. She uh, uh, served, served the public many years at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and, and definitely at the Nevada legislature as well. Uh, she's been a good representative for the state. And... Uh, um, this is a, a Latino majority district, and she, she does a good job in representing our entire state. And Rory, what do you think of the race? And what do you think of Joyce Bentley as a, a candidate, even given the poll numbers? Well, I mean, I, I have to respect any candidate who puts themselves forward, uh, you know, in a district that's obviously challenging and unlikely, but says, you know, if, if you're going to if you're going to run where I live, I, you're speak to my issues and I'm going to work uh, to make sure that, that that people on my side of the aisle are, are represented. And, that, you know, I respect any candidate who does that. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's incredibly likely that that the Democrats will hold the seat. Um, you know, I, I think that, however, among the Democrats, there's really some uh, uh, consternation as to whether Dina Titus is that great of a representative. I mean, the, uh, you know, I mean, she's had, uh, you know, uh, ch- challenges within her own party. Um, and, and I think if, if she were running anywhere else other than Nevada one, uh, her, her political futures might uh, might be in doubt. You think it's just a bit of a gimme just considering the district where she's running? Yeah, very much so. All right, let's get to District 2. We've got uh, Representative Mark Amade. He is uh, GOP incumbent uh, who's running up against a Democrat, Clint uh, Coble. So since it's a Republican incumbent, let's start off with uh, with you, Rory. Sure. Uh, you know, similarly to, to District One, like we just talked about, uh, the district the district favors the dif- district favors Republicans. Its PVI is in favor of Republicans. You know, beyond that, uh, Mark Amaday has been a great representative of Nevada, specifically uh, northern and rural Nevada. He's loved. He's beloved out in the rurals. Um, really makes the time to spend uh, to visit with those communities, spend time there, build goodwill. Um, and uh, you know, I, I definitely think he's safe for re-election. And we're looking at the uh, five. 38 data, 94.8% per, uh, chance that, that Amade is going to be reelected. Uh, talk to us about, if you will, Jose, uh, Clint Coble, the, the Democrat candidate. Is, is, is Clint basically the, the Joyce Bentley of District 2? 
I, I would go a little or different, different politics, uh, obviously different politics. I, I, I would say a little different. Uh, Clint is a longtime public servant, having worked in the Department of Agriculture. Uh, he understands the issues well, uh, especially when it comes to health care and other issues. I, I, I don't know that it's a 95 percent. Any time that we're, we're in this era of today's politics, uh, when there's there's a. a so many national issues that that are taking over our, our state issues. Uh, I I don't think anyone is is that that safe, especially when it comes to our president and and, and a lot of things he's doing. So uh, yeah, I, I I think Mark is is a safe bet, but Clint may surprise. All right, and and speaking of uh, Mr. Trump, we're going to be getting into that with our uh, District 3 race. We're talking with Jose Solario. You just heard him. He is second vice chair with the Nevada State Democratic Party and also joining us somewhere on the road, racing back out of California as fast as he can go, is Rory McShane. He's a Republican strategist and founder and CEO of McShane LLC, a political consulting firm here in Las Vegas. This has obviously gotten a lot of national attention, quite simply, because the President of the United States himself tweeted to Denny Tarkanian, I don't want you running in the primary against Dean Heller for Senate. I want you in District 3 for Congress. And so he said, yes, sir, Mr. President. So uh, we are looking at right now, uh, I'm going to do a coin toss and see who wants to grab this one. Susie Lee, the Democrat, going up against Denny Tarkanian, uh, who obviously is on the GOP side. Tell you what, since he got a lot of attention and he's not doing too great in the uh, the poll numbers that we're looking at at 538, uh, uh, I'm going to let you go first, Rory. Sure. I mean, you know, Danny, unfortunately, has been, you know, has been bludgeoned time and time again with the with the same attacks that have not only been proven false, that have that have had judges order monetary retributions paid to Danny for these false attacks. But 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 they are but they're effective and they get used time and time again to smear Danny and and smear his family. Um, You know, I mean, I mean, the Democrats have really stooped to to a new low in this race, you know, acting claiming that he was raiding his parents' uh, uh, life insurance accounts. You know, his, his, his mother published a, a, wonderful, uh, a wonderful open letter where she clearly explained that, you know, that Danny had full authority over their family finances, was making decisions when his father was ill for the best interest of the family. But that hasn't stopped the Democrats from unleashing some really nasty, dishonest attacks. Um, you know, and, and, and if Danny's shown us anything, he's shown that he's going to take them to court, and I certainly assume he will. Granted, that doesn't guarantee him an election victory at all, but but I wouldn't count him out by any means. I mean, Joe Heck won that seat several times. Um, you know, Danny's a Danny's a business guy. He's well respected in the business community, um, and and there are a lot of of working class Democrats in that in that Henderson area that um, that that though their party registration may be D, they support our president. They support uh, Danny. They support what Danny Tarkanian, Dean Heller are trying to do. So I wouldn't count him out yet. And I think the PVI of that district can be a little misleading. Remember that Joe Heck won it several times, uh, even while Barack Obama won the district. Well, I also have to say, too, and I've told Danny this as well, that my aunt, you know, she is not a fan of President Trump whatsoever. She's a lifelong lib. 
but she just really likes Danny and she likes his honesty and how she's describing it. I'm not picking, you know, either side. One of the things I said to Danny as he was running, he does have all of this stuff, this baggage that people are putting on him. Do you think he could have done better if he would have ignored all that stuff and really went forward with the economies doing great and sticking with that stuff and kind of stepping away from the Trump stuff and stepping away from uh, Susie Lee? You're you're being nasty. Sure. I mean, that, that's a tough question to answer because it's not you and I seeing our seeing our yeah. names and faces on TV saying, you know, they did all these nasty things. You know, Danny's a friend of mine. I, I spent the Super Bowl at his house and and we've had this specific conversation over over chicken wings. And, you know, if if uh, if somebody was going on TV saying, you know, Rory McShane, you know, raided his mother's life insurance policy, I, I would probably want to respond too. Um, yeah, I would and, throat and punch think- somebody. Basically, yeah, is what I probably do. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you know, I think I think in some of his past races, he didn't he didn't respond, and and I think uh, I think he definitely feels like like he has to do that. Um, if anything, to show his supporters that you know I'm a guy you can be proud to stand behind and door knock for and, and phone call for, and 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 really, I mean, I think something that 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 has to be mentioned that hasn't been is you know, sure, Danny's had had some financial problems. I mean, who who in the housing crisis in the economy collapse did not feel the hurt and a lot of people were wiped out my father's trucking business was wiped out and you know and he's you know and, and that's a story you know you guys a small business owner that's a story that resonates in cd3 right. you know somebody who has car elevators in their houses that's not really something that resonates in laughlin nevada and i honestly i think this was a it was a, a a case of bad candidate recruitment by our friends on the other side of the aisle i mean right. they clearly picked who has the biggest checkbook over who's going to resonate. All right, let's get to the uh, the Democrat, and that is Susie Lee. Jose? So uh, let, let me spend a little time talking about Susie Lee. She's a wonderful, fantastic person. Uh, she uh, led the uh, communities in school. Uh, she's a strong advocate for education. Uh, she's a businesswoman. Uh, her daughter is helping in her campaign. She's raised a wonderful daughter. Uh, she's, she's generally a good person who has served the community and wants to represent us, you know, at the national level. Uh, I, I want to say that, uh, some of the things, and, and I know the Tarkanians fairly well. Uh, I served with Lois Tarkanian when, on the, uh, when I was on the school board. I know Danny as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think the Republican party is being held hostage by, by Trump and, and Trump's control of the Republican party. And, it, and it's sad because when, when Republicans don't stand on their own and make their own decisions, it was based what's best for their, their, their constituents. Uh, it's really troubling. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, I really, I really like Susie Lee. I know Danny Tarkanian. Uh, Uh, it's going to be a close race. I'll tell you that. You think it's going to be closer because what they've got is uh, 538 has 75.5. I think it's going to be a lot closer. You think it is. And and I'll tell you why, you know, historically over the last 20 years in midterms, Democrats have had trouble getting, getting constituents out to vote. And we, we haven't done a good job. I think we're doing much better this time, but it's going to be a lot closer than that one of the things though that i've I've got to push back on this specific race because i get a lot of mail uh i gotten a lot of the Susie lee stuff or stuff obviously um that is not endorsed by her but very much targeting danny tarkanian 
you bring up Trump, and I would agree with you. This is a grenade thrower. This is a guy who is caustic in so many ways. And I think you both know that the, the word has been that on the Republican side for the president not to come here in this final stretch because he is too caustic. Can't Susie Lee win on that? Can't she say Danny Tarkanian has Donald Trump shackled around his foot? And do you seriously want to continue? Why Why go on these personal attacks? I think, I think you're and what about the issues that she stands for? That gets I, in the way, it would seem. I, I, yeah, unfortunately, it does. Uh, and I think you're absolutely right. It, it is a shackle. I, I am a son of Mexican immigrants who came <laughs> to this country. My dad served in the Air Force. My mother was a maid in a culinary union. Uh, and, and when it comes to the, the fear mongering that's going on nationwide, uh, and, and then you tie that to, to Trump, and then you tie that to what's going on with women. So, so he's so losing. You can tie that to any candidate. So my question is, why does Susie Lee feel the need to be either directly or indirectly associated with personal attack ads when you've got Donald Trump on the other side? That should be a no-brainer for a <laughs> well, Democrat. Yeah, well, in, in my opinion, uh, you know, uh, I think, what, what they're doing in the campaign is just listing everything. Uh, but, but sometimes throwing everything against the wall, seeing well, what sticks. Well, not just that, but just informing the public of, of A, B, C, D and E instead of just focusing on A and B. So, uh, yeah, some 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 stick. Some are more important than others. But but the general general fact is this. Uh, uh, Susie Lee uh, wants to represent the district and she she will represent Nevadans where there's a question mark on mm -hmm. who Danny will represent. Will he represent Donald Trump? And whatever Trump wants, that's the question. Or will he represent the district? We're talking with Jose Solario. He's a political consultant, a Nevada State Democratic Party second vice chair, and Republican strategist Rory McShane. He's founder and CEO of McShane LLC, a political consulting firm here in Las Vegas. Next up, we have House District 4, Representative Steve Horsford of Horsford. Uh, Democrat, former representative of the district, and also Representative Crescent Hardy, GOP, former representative of the district. Uh, let's see who's going to lead is who gets to go first. So 538 data, 82.8% chance that Steve Horsford is going to be elected. So, Jose, you take it. Tell me about this guy. I, I, I'm going to tell you, first of all, 82% is a little high. I believe, again, it's going to be a very, very close race, so every vote counts. Now, are you just saying this just to tamp down so everybody makes sure to turn out no, to vote, the no, both no, of no. you? <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, everyone should vote regardless. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, but in my personal opinion, having lived in Nevada since 1970, I, I, I just know historically that midterms are very, very difficult. and so They're uh, weak across the country. And it's sad. No, 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 no. But I'm saying historical here in Nevada, uh, yeah. our Democrats haven't shown up. Yeah. Are they showing up this time? I think the numbers show that they are. But it's going to be a lot closer than 82 percent. But let me talk a little bit about Steve Horsford. Steve Horsford has represented the district before. He's been in the legislature. Uh, you know, he 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 is a, uh, a child of an immigrant uh uh, from abroad, and, and he understands what we need. You know, he, he's led uh, culinary efforts and training uh, our students to, 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 to get a trade. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so at, at any rate, Steve, Steve Horsford, uh, has, his wife is fantastic from, from UNLV. Kids, he's a family man. Uh, you know, he knows what it takes to get things done, and he really cares. He went, recently went through a, a, a six, I think a six-way heart heart surgery that he doesn't talk about this guy understands uh, uh, health insurance understands what we need uh, to to have good health insurance mm -hmm. in this country and, and I believe because he's that's his main focus or one of his main focuses that's going to resonate with the people in district four all right and uh, Rory McShane let's uh, let's have you take on Crescent Hardy and also point out why this seat is open 
Sure. Uh, so, so the seat is open. So Congressman Hardy held the seat, won it in 2014, uh, lost it in 2016 to Reuben Kewen, uh As a result of uh, Congressman Kewen's uh, scandal, whatever you want to call it, he opted to not seek re-election, um, you know, pr- prompting a, a, rem- a rematch of 2014. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I'll point out is you guys keep talking about turnout. And, it, and in an off-year election, what turnout does, what, what an off-year election turnout model does is it shifts turnout to the rurals meaning that rural communities make up a larger percentage of statewide turnout than they do in a presidential cycle, right? And Congressman Hardy is incredibly popular in the rural communities, incredibly popular in, uh, in Mesquite, uh, you know, in, 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 in Lincoln County, uh, in all of those areas, areas that he represented, uh, represented for a long time, areas that he makes an effort to not just, you know, swing through when he's on the campaign, but to spend time in to go visit. Um, you know, he, he'll, he'll win those areas by a huge margin. And if you have that combined with depressed turnout in, you know, in, in the urban CD4, you know, we, we very well could see a, see a repeat of 2014. And, you know, the, the second thing is, yet again, I, I think that this was a candidate recruitment foul up on the part of the Democrats. You know, there are, there are a lot of strong Democrats, uh, you know, in North Las Vegas, but instead they went and got a guy who's living in Virginia, has a condo in Virginia, has a lobbying job in Virginia, and hauled him back here to run, run for his old congressional seat. And I, I think the Democrats would have had a much smarter play if they picked up a strong community-oriented and uh, oriented Democrat in the North Las Vegas community, Jose wants to push back. Hey, just just a little. Uh, yeah, he's not a Virginia resident. Yeah, his wife works at UNLV. He's a Las Vegan, Nevadan for a long time. He served our community. Yes, he had a consulting job that took him took him there. But his entire life, other than the last couple of years, have been in Nevada, and he, he, he really represents Nevada well. And I just I want one more point of fact. Uh, yes, four years ago was a disaster for Democrats. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have a Democrat running for governor. We, we did the worst we've ever done. And that is when uh, Crescent Hardy won, mm-hmm. is when the Democrats basically just just failed miserably. But that's not happening this time around. I think the Democrat edge in this district is anywhere from 8 to 12 percent as far as registered voters. It, there is a, already a higher turnout than four years ago, a much higher turnout, maybe 100 percent more uh, than it was four years ago. So, so it's, it's going to be a close rate. It's not going to be a blowout. It, it's going to be close. All right. Let me respond to that very quickly. Go for it, Rory. So, so the, the and it, it's almost ironic, right? Because the the makeup of the majority of this show has been what is the effect of President Donald Trump on Nevada? Is that positive, negative, or otherwise? You know, which has all been completely in the in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is, is that someone who hasn't lived in Nevada in the past couple of years, you know, I mean, I'm no, I don't begrudge the guy for going and making a living. Everybody's got to do that. Uh, but someone who hasn't lived in Nevada for the past couple of years hasn't seen the effects firsthand of the Trump presidency, positive or negative on Nevada, should be, uh, you know, should be the congressman for four. You know, I mean, there's there's no doubt that it's a that it's a Democratic seat and the advantage favors uh, uh, Congressman Horsford. But, uh, you know, I think uh, I think Crescent Hardy might pull out a surprise. All right. Well, since we are definitely 
talking about the Trump effect. This is a race coming up here, the Senate race that has got a lot of attention and a lot of attention by the president of the United States. Representative Jackie Rosen, who the president of the United States has made up saying everybody calls her wacky Jackie here. They don't. But he came up with the name because he likes to do that. And Senator Dean Heller, the GOP incumbent. Um, I, I want to start off with you, Rory, on on this one. This is a tight race. We are talking about a virtual tie right now. Why do you think it's a tie for this incumbent? Do you think that is a Trump factor? And when I say the Trump factor, by the way, I want to bring in two things. The president throws grenades. We all know that. But also the day that we're taping this, we have excellent excellent job numbers. The economy is doing good. Whoever you want to give that credit to, Donald Trump is the president of the United States right now. So there's good factors, there's bad factors with Trump. What do you think is affecting Dean Heller right now, good or bad? Sure. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's fair to say, oh, the race is tied. Then hang that around, uh, and then hang that around um, uh, President Trump's neck. I mean, uh, Dean Heller won a very narrow victory with Mitt Romney at the top of the ticket. You know, Mitt Romney, of course, losing Nevada, and and Mitt Romney was quite far from a controversial candidate. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Nevada is a is a is a purple, purple, purple state. Uh, with with divergent interests between our urban and rural communities, between our north and south, between our Democrats and Republicans, and that's what's causing. I think that Senator Heller has run an incredibly smart campaign. Um, you know, he didn't. I don't think he took the bait and went too far to the right in in you know his in his primary or at least his some you know his, his somewhat primary uh, with Danny. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I mean, he he. I don't really think he's he's and he hasn't, which means he hasn't had to tack back center. He hasn't changed positions. Uh, there's some stuff he's conservative on some stuff he's much more moderate on. Um, and I think it's been incredibly smart for him to focus on veterans and his record of delivering for Nevadans. And yet again, I see the same, I see the same problem, a, a candidate recruitment problem. You know, you guys draft a, a two-year uh, congresswoman who has passed zero bills, who can't put up one TV ad that says, you know, I did this, that, and the other for Nevada veterans, for Nevada moms, for Nevada business owners. I mean, it is clearly a, oh, geez, we need somebody to beat a dean who has a fundraising Rolodex that we can tap into. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I think there, there were talks early on of getting Steve Clue back into the race. The guys created a ton of jobs in Nevada. He would have been a very strong opponent uh, for Dean Heller. But I think, uh, I think a one-term congresswoman with no record of legislation, when Dean can air TV ad and TV ad uh, with veterans talking about what he's delivered for them, is just a really strong argument to reelect Senator Heller. All right. And uh, Jose, very clearly, she seems to be the right candidate because she's got this tied up. At this point, if she was a really, really, really bad candidate, one would think the numbers would be just a tad bit different. She's a superwoman. Uh, she grew up in Las Vegas. She she was a waitress. She worked her way through college. She's uh, she's uh, you know created a business that's done well in her life, uh, and she cares about people. And uh, unfortunately, what we have with Dean Heller is is someone who said, "I will, I will, I will stand by the governor." Brian Sandoval, and I will protect the health insurance for for the people in the state of Nevada. I will vote to protect, uh, you know, the the monies that would be lost if, if I were to vote with Trump. Mm-hmm. And then he turns around after Trump, uh, 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 you know, grabs his arm, and, and and then he changes his mind and he votes with Trump against Nevadans. So I think you know I think Nevadans aren't going to like the fact that something that's dear and important to them 
Nevada families value insurance. They value the fact that, you know, pre-existing conditions don't make a difference. Now you can get treatment. My daughter was a recipient of, of an $80,000 uh, uh, operation in her back that was because of the Affordable Care Act. And, and, and so when people look at Dean Heller, uh, you can't go past that. You can't go past somebody that, that, that can change their mind just because somebody tells them to do something, especially when it's against the families in, in the state of Nevada and something as important as health care. And you now the president himself has said, and um, this is for both of you, because this is a big one that, that Trump has been involved with. The president says himself, you're voting for me in the midterms. And so that, that is good or bad, depending on, on how you see it when it comes to this particular race. Do you think the president has helped or hurt uh, this particular race with Dean Heller, for instance? Rory, do you think that the president's effect has been big, either positive or negative? Um, I, I think that it's been I, on, on, the, on the whole, I think it's been positive. I mean, you know, you, the president was in was in Elko the other week stumping for Senator Heller. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's going to have a huge effect to, uh, to to push up turnout in the north, to push up turnout in the rurals, uh, to push out turnout in Nye County. Um, so I, I think the president's influence is going to speak very well to uh, to a lot of people who even, you know, at one point were blue collar Democrats and, and feel completely left behind. Um, and I think it's going to help pull them over to Dean Heller, and it's going to help turn out Republicans who might normally stay at home. And it Obviously, also helps with money, too, when the president comes to town, I would think. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. And I mean, and obviously, there, you know, obviously there are, you know, there are there are moderates, you know, in the in the Las Vegas metro area, in the Reno metro area that, that you know, that aren't persuaded by the pre- by the president coming to town. But they are persuaded by, again, Dean Heller's record of delivery. Okay. You know, a fiery speech doesn't do as much for them as a record of successful legislation for Nevadans. And, and then, Jose, I would say, uh, you know, given the, the uh, dislike for President Trump from the left, do you think the personal attacks on Jackie Rosen, Wacky Jackie and all of that stuff has really helped her campaign and and helped in you, you, your opinion uh, to get the vote out? In my opinion, uh, Nevadans and, and, and there's Nevadans are, are a diverse group, yeah. you know, uh, women, uh, Latinos, African-Americans, you know, even the, the blue, blue, whatever, blue collar uh, uh, Democrats, as you say. Mm-hmm. But but Jackie talks about the issues. She talks about health care. She talks about working uh, with the other side. She In her two years, she's worked and she actually voted for something that was a compromise. So she's actually worked to get to get things done. But I, do you think but do you think the Trump personal attacks calling her wacky Jackie has helped her? Uh, yes, it okay. has helped her. All right. Absolutely. I want to get to the next one. We got the gubernatorial race. Uh, Steve Sisolak, the Democrat, running against Attorney General Adam Laxalt. Uh, Jose, let's start off with you. And we're talking with Jose Solario. He is a Nevada State Democratic Party second vice chair. This uh, is a dead heat. Yeah, it's a dead heat. And again, uh, because uh, uh, historically midterms are tough on, on, on Democratic candidates, I see this as something that's going to go down to it could be as close as 100 votes or under 100 votes, every vote, everyone's vote counts. Steve Sisolak has shown that he's a leader. He's he's a chair of the county commission. 
Uh, he's shown that he can work with uh, progressive Democrats. He's shown he can work with biz, you know, Republican businessmen. It's because of his efforts that we have the the Vegas Golden Knights here, that we have the Las Vegas Raiders coming uh, uh, to town. He gets things done. Uh, but but let me tell you why I think that that Steve resonates with Nevadans. It's because he's a family man. He raised his two daughters by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy uh, who's who who knows how to get things done. He goes to church every single day. He's a Catholic like I am. He understands the right you know the right thing to do, and he's supported. And he knows how to put people in the same room and get things done. All right. And then on the Republican side, we have Attorney General uh, Adam Laxalt, uh, Rory McShane, Republican strategist. Break it down for us. It's a it's a dead heat. Sure. I mean, uh, Attorney General Laxalt is, is just an incredibly strong candidate, you know, with a, with a great record of protecting Nevadans at the AG's office. Um, and, and, and I don't think that you can un- I don't think that you can uh, that you can overestimate that. I think, um, you know, obviously a strong family name, very well known and has run a very smart campaign. He stayed he stayed largely away from from contentious federal issues. And focused on uh, and focused on Nevada specific issues, and I and I think that's been um, that's been super important. Do you think? Because I'm, you know, I'm going to be honest. When you know, because you're you're not in the studio here, but Jose kind of laughed when you talked about the famous name because there is the whole issue with the name, the fact that Laxalt's family has come out and uh, endorsed Sisolak, which is weird. Uh, it, that's, it, that's weird. That's, that's such a just a bogus. I mean, one, I, I will uh, credit where credit is due. But it's to the, true. To the, uh, hold on, hold on. If you phone bank, if you put together a list of 200 McShanes, you can find 10 of them that, you know, I took the last potato at Thanksgiving dinner and, and don't like <laughs> You're the one. Come on. I got, a lot of, I got a lot of brothers. I used to beat one of them up when we played Monopoly. He might endorse against me, too. Uh-huh. I mean, really what this is, is we saw this with Paul Gosar in Arizona, right? And, and, kudos, and, and credit where credit is due. Kudos to the Democratic operatives who came up with this and who executed it because it was done wonderfully. And, um, you know, it's a great attack ad. You know, I mean, I mean, able to able to tip my hat there. Um, but if you if you if you track down enough of somebody's family and the Laxalts are a huge family in Nevada, you're going to find five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten who who disagree with you politically. Well, here's the problem, though. You brought up how uh, Horsford moved here. Laxalt moved here in in 2014. So, Jose, do you do you see hypocrisy when it comes to the attacks uh, on I, Horsford when you when you've got Laxalt who is uh, under fire for that? Absolutely. Especially when his family is here and he he, he came, you know, a lot to Las Vegas during that time. You know, the fact that you have siblings, you know, I have siblings. We don't get along sometimes, but we never you know, we never take it beyond the house. The fact that you have siblings that are willing to say this, you know, our, our brother or, or, you know, our cousin does not represent us and we don't support him. That is huge. When you have a, a governor, a sitting governor, Brian Sandoval, whom uh, Adam Laxalt was against a, a major uh, reform in education that that the that that the governor uh, put together, he 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 opposed that. Uh, when when you have a, a you know Adam Laxalt who 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 was against his own Republican governor. It, 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 it just it just doesn't make sense that you think that someone like that is going to be behind Nevada families when it comes to education, when it comes to 
uh, you know, security in our homes. You know, but I also see it as being independent and not party bound. If well, somebody's going to go against his own uh, governor, I, I, I don't mind it if it's for something strong. But yeah. but 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 why, you know, what did he go? You know, what did he go against? What what did he represent? What has he actually done? You know, so so when it comes to to again, it, it, it this comes to the base. I think this these and other races is people are going to say and they're going to vote yeah. is. Does it affect me if I vote for this person? How will it affect me? Right. And Adam Laxalt is the person that that's going to negatively affect. is is going to be bad for education. It's going to be bad for jobs. We have a guy in Steve Sisolak who gets things done, who brings businesses into town, who believes in a strong education, who wants to revamp education so that our state has a great economy and great jobs. All right, Rory. I have to respond to that. Yeah. Um, one, let me say, I don't think I don't think Steve Sisolak is a, is a bad guy at all. Commend him for being a single father. I was actually I was at an event uh, with a with a corporate client yesterday that, that he spoke at, um, and and has definitely uh, you know done done some 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 hard work on the on the council. But Nevadans are results driven. Adam Laxalt is results driven. He delivered results as Attorney General. Um, you know, and 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 we can attack him on it on. On, on this on this education deal, but you know, uh, nowhere in the country have we seen that blindly pouring money into educations have uh, in, into the education system has delivered results, right? And what Adam Laxalt did is he said, "We're not going to blindly pour money into this. We need programs. We need results." Adam Laxalt, before his primary election, released a point by point plan on education, on safe schools. He's results driven. He's been results driven as our attorney general. He's going to be results driven as our governor. Uh, you know, super super strong candidate um uh, you know the one the one point I want to make in this race, um, just from a, a strategic perspective, is you know something that I think too many of the polls are leaving out, and as a as a as a Republican strategist scares me is, uh, you know Ryan Bundy is of course running to the right of Adam Laxalt. I don't think he's going to take a lot of votes, but in a race that, like you said, may come down to a couple of hundred votes, that could be really problematic, especially with uh, especially with somebody uh, with name ID like the Bundy family. All right, so then very very quickly because i want to move on to our issue section and that is this uh we have seen in other states you've had green party people you've had uh, libertarians or whatever decide okay i don't have a chance we're down to the nitty-gritty i'm going to throw my weight behind the democrat or the republican uh quickly rory do you see any chance of the stubbornness of the bundies uh that he is going to uh back your guy I mean, I certainly, I certainly hope so. I think, I think if the Bundy family looks at, uh, you know, who is going to be better for rural Nevada, who is going to be better for the rights of ranchers and the rights of farmers standing up to the BLM, standing up to federal government overreach, I think that there is no question that Adam Laxalt is the guy who's going to stand up to Washington when needed, um, and then Steve Sisolak certainly is not. Um, okay. You know, I, I certainly hope that they will look at that and uh, you know, and, and throw their support behind uh, behind the attorney general. Jose, any chance of Bundy uh, pulling you know, out? Actually, actually, I, I applaud Bundy for jumping in the race. Uh-huh. I, I think he has a constituency who believes a certain way, and I believe they should support him uh, because if they believe like he believes, they should they should vote for the guy they 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 believe in. <laughs> you just want him to take away votes. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. We're going to be moving on to our ballot measures. We are talking again to uh, Jose Solario. You should see him doing a dance in here, Rory. We're talking with Jose Solario. Uh, he is Nevada State Democratic Party second vice chair and Republican strategist Rory McShane, founder and CEO of McShane uh, LLC, a political consulting firm here in Las Vegas. And just bear with me for a second because we're playing music, even though you can't tell. All right, we're back with Jose Solario. He's Nevada State Democratic uh, Party second vice chair here in uh, in Nevada. And then Republican strategist Rory McShane, founder and CEO of McShane LLC, a political consulting firm here in Las Vegas. We covered all the candidates, and we wiped the floor with all the candidates. Now let's kick off our ballot measures. These are the ones that aren't sexy for, for most people, uh, and, and sometimes they seem to be very uh, uneducated on these. And I think most of it is because a lot of the ads – I'd say most of the ads are very misleading. Yes means no, no means yes. Let's start off with question one, Marcy's Law, uh, Crime Victims' Rights Amendment. The amendment would define, expand, and provide rights for victims in criminal cases. That's the official terminology, but that's being taken many, many different ways. So, Solario, I'm going to start off with you. Very difficult question. I, I talked to many people, many bright people about this. Uh, and was surprised to hear that ACLU is against it. Um, you know, I, I've had family members that have been victims of crimes, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's, it's, it's not uh, easy. Uh, it's almost like how could anyone vote against rights for victims? You know, it, it, it's a very tough question to vote against. Uh, some of the reasons why I've been told is that um, when they define a victim, uh-huh. they actually go beyond that and then say, if you're a proximate victim, and they don't define what proximate means, so uh, it it it, it uh, opens. It, it, I guess it's a poorly written. Uh, Most of them are. Yeah. Most of them are. Have you noticed that? Because they don't get specific about language yeah. in, in pretty much anything. So my only hope is this: if it passes, which I think it will, yeah. uh, I think that the legislature should go t- in and t- tweak, it. tweak it and yeah. and define what proximate means, so that that we don't spend a lot of time in the courts uh, trying to figure this out. The bottom line is that. You know, defendants' rights need to be kept uh, kept legal, and as and victims should be able to have rights that 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 are uh, adhered to, at least to, equal to equal to and adhered to, to, especially notification. Okay, uh, notification is a big thing. If you're a victim and you're not notified when when you know the process that the uh, defendant is going through and they've been found guilty, you have every right as a victim to know where this person is. Rory. Um, you know, I, I one, I, I agree completely that it's going to pass. I think it's a super crucial piece of legis, uh, a super, a super crucial constitutional amendment. Definitely needed. Um, you know, I, 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 for the first time in this show, completely agree with my counterpart. <laughs> I know I had to sit down. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That, that if, if you know, if you're if you're a victim and and your and your attacker assaulter has been has been released and is back on the street, you have a you have a right to know about that. Personally, I don't see any problem with the proximate wording. Uh, the reason being, I mean, that's why we have judges to make these decisions. If a you know, if a if a, if a, if a boyfriend is assaulted, would the girlfriend not be considered a proximate victim if they were there at the time? Uh, that's why we have judges to decide what proximate means. Is a is a is a is a mother or father proximate? Is a coworker proximate? Um, and but that's that's why we have judges to to, to interpret those things in, in a finer way. But this is super needed, super overdue. Uh, this has been very successful in in California, in Illinois, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, um, and uh, and, and I just uh, I could not be 
more excited uh, that uh, to, to, to vote yes on this. All right. Well, I was going to take a break and sing Kumbaya, but I think we're going to disagree on the next one here. Question number three, the legislature to minimize regulations on the energy market and eliminate legal energy monopolies amendment. And the bottom line uh, with this, basically, this measure also known as the Energy Choice Initiative would amend the Constitution to give Nevada energy customers a choice of energy providers. I'm going to start off with you, Rory, and I just want you to know that you're talking to a former California resident who is not really uh, impressed with the results of what took place in California. Sure. I mean, you know, I, I, the battle of the billionaires is is the perfect term for this, right? Because you both sides are trying to cast this in a light that, you know, if you vote for our side, it will so greatly help regular people. And I don't think either side has been super honest about that. You know, if, 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 if we, you know, if we stick with the NV energy monopoly, then they have this continual ability to, to gouge Nevada consumers and, uh, you know, throwing a little bone to my friends on the, on the left here to gouge the people who are, who are saying, you know what, we, want green energy we want to be solar efficient we want to protect our environment and the guys who are trying to produce energy in other ways so you know i i don't i think that sticking with uh, the envy energy conglomerate is is not good for consumers it's not good for environmentalists but then to say that you know if we deregulate i mean uh, you know i'm a conservative i'm principally in fan of deregulation mm-hmm. but the idea that if we deregulate you know tomorrow five effective well-managed uh competent energy companies are going to spread out up and I'm going to be able to walk down the block and pick my new energy provider, I think is a little bit, uh, is, is a little far-fetched. I think it's nonsensical. I, I, I do. And that was the, <clears throat> the other thing too, as a short-term Nevada resident, one of the first things I thought, I was like, why doesn't every single house have solar panels here? There is a lot of sun. What's, what's the deal? And then I got my first Nevada energy bill and I realized like, oh, it's extra hot and you don't get a cut on your air conditioning bill. Awesome. That's really, really cool. Uh, Jose Solario. Your take on uh, on Measure Three? So uh, my personal take and uh, and my party's take might be a little bit uh, different, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I let, let me start by saying this: I I, I was at a presentation of Hispanics in politics where uh, uh, a, a neutral person came in, a policy person came in, and presented the facts on both sides. And at the end of the presentation, I walked up to her and I said, "We're screwed either way, right?" <laughs> Okay, there you go. See, that's another area I think you both agree on. Yeah. So, so she, she goes, um, okay. She, she didn't quite disagree. Uh, you know, uh, we're talking about billionaires. Yeah. Because you know, uh, controlling you know the monies they 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 donate to to to. Uh, You're talking about millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, millionaires okay. and billionaires that that, and and so you know, so the, the thing is, do you deregulate or not? Um, you know, if we believe, and I guess let me put it this way: if you believe that 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 your current energy bill is, is fair and that the annual increases have been fair, uh, and you don't want to chance uh, uh, it going up substantially higher, which could happen, but it might go down. If you don't like the uh, unexpected to maybe show up, then yeah. then you maybe you stay uh, with what you have, and, and and then you would vote no on this. But if the business side of you, and I do have an MBA, so I did go to school, mm-hmm. the business side of you says, well, competition should bring prices down. Well, yeah. 
it it might and it has in other places but for every place where it's come down there have been other places where it hasn't come down right. it's actually gone up california so so i think what's going to happen is if it passes then it goes to the legislature and they create the rules yeah. on how it's implemented i my take on this and i'm just going to be honest with you and tell you that i did vote no and the reason is i don't want a crapshoot and I want something more specific, and I want something uh, – go back to the drawing board and try harder because uh, I don't want to leave it up to the legislature. It's, your, your power bill's a crapshoot, and I could be off worse uh, yeah. if, if this thing screws up and there's too much gray area and wiggle room where that could go south, and then you are stuck with it. And then our final measure is question five, automatic voter registration via DMV initiative, and I think that's pretty uh, self-evident. So, Rory, what do you take, what's your take on this? I mean, it's 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 a it's an absolutely terrible idea. It 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 one adds it, it adds bureaucracy to you know that that super well fun, well functioning branch of government, the DMV. You know, it 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 it, it challenges it challenges voter integrity. Um, it it is it is the first in a series of steps toward what could be compulsory voting. You know, it's it is it is it is just just a, a terrible idea that could that could lead to to serious uh, fraud issues down the line. Line. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think it, I don't think it will pass. Um, it's certainly possible. Uh, but I think that, you know, I mean, all, every, every, every election integrity group, you know, it, it could not possibly support this. And I don't believe any are. All right. Well, I've got to throw this out in the middle too. Number one, it's all electronic. So there really isn't any bureaucracy. And number two, there's actually a cop standing there as you are getting your driver's license. Uh, and and it's harder to get a driver's license and prove your identity than it is to vote because I just registered here and they didn't even look at any of my ID. I'm 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 a I go to the wall. I bring my passport. I'm ready to give you my dental records. Nothing. It was easy as anything. A lot easier uh, to me than than getting a driver's license. I think that makes sense. Well, hold on. I, I and I think I think this. I think election integrity, you know, tends to be a bit of a dog whistle word when people imagine, you know, people forging election re- registrations. And and while that might happen sporadically, very overwhelming. Yeah. The overwhelming amount of, you know, uh, election uh, of fraud or election re- irregularity is somebody moves to another state and they go get their, you know, Arizona driver's license for their new job and new new living accommodations in Arizona, but they're still on the Nevada voter rolls, right? Um, you know, I mean, I mean, all over the country, counties have more registered voters than alive citizens because of programs like this. Um, you know, Denver County, Colorado has had some overwhelming number of of uh of inactive voters more so than the population of the county um okay. you know I, I, again and that's the type of problems that that come that come from a program like this jose yes on five with every every bone in my body every cell in my body yes on five we need we need to be able to make it easier for people to vote rather than harder for people to vote. Voting is a right of all citizens. It, there should be no roadblocks. It shouldn't be any harder for any type or group of people. There has been no voter integrity or fraud. Uh, and you, and, and if, you, if you think somebody's going to walk into DMV and try to commit fraud just to be able to vote, uh, I don't think so. The, they, the people committing fraud uh, who are or who aren't citizens will not walk in and lie and, and, and put themselves at risk. There's cops standing there. Exactly. Yeah. So so automatic voter registration 
I've moved. I recently moved. You know, mm-hmm. I had to change my voter list. I had to go through a process. You know, had that been automatic when I when I uh, did my red straight voter my ID. Uh, uh, you know, driver's license, mm-hmm. uh, change of address. That would have been fantastic. I wouldn't have had to gone to the, you know, to the DMV to try to find a way to, you know, to do. I mean, I had voter, you know, to change my re- voter registration. Mm-hmm. It would have just followed me to where I'm at. So, I think that we need to make things a lot easier for people to vote and not. Uh, not harder and there is no fraud all right so as we close this up guys we're gonna have a long night on tuesday night because i got the bucket of popcorn all all ready to go because it sounds the both of you i think another thing you agree on too some of these races are a lot closer than we think yeah and the national oh, ones oh my yeah God. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We've been talking with Jose Solario. He's political consultant, board member of Latino Victory Fund and Nevada State Democratic Party uh, second vice chair and also Republican strategist Rory McShane, founder and CEO of McShane LLC, a political consulting firm here in Las Vegas. And just so you don't get worried that, that he was driving and talking. No, he pulled over for this entire time. And I'm sticking to that story, Rory. <laughs> I am sitting in a shell. I am sitting in a shell parking lot in i don't even know the name of the town but it's somewhere outside of los angeles (laughs) all right man take care thank you so much all righty thanks guys thank you